Hey guys, um, welcome again back on the show. It's uh, episode 11, it's Monday. Uh, today we got a special guest as usual, but this is gonna be, yeah, it's gonna be a big one. Um, so without further ado, let's brew some coffee. Uh, today I'm brewing Teruno Nayarita, Mexico, a natural coffee by Gridlock. So, we got our trustworthy AeroPress. And we're gonna tell you a little bit more who's coming on board. So, today, guest is Francesco Sanapo. Founder and owner of Ditta Artigianale, which is a coffee roaster from Italy, Florence in the specific. And uh, not only he owns Ditta Artigianale, he's a multiple former Italian barista champion, M-Cup brewer champion, and he reached the top six in the World Barista Championship in 2013 here in Melbourne, right here in Melbourne. So... I'm very excited to meet him, to ask him lots of questions because Francesco is definitely one of the most influential coffee people in Italy, in Europe, and I'd say in the world. So definitely get yourself your cup of coffee. I got mine coming up very soon. A little stir and um, Hello everyone, Prodigal Coffee Roasters, Brew Theory, Cafe Connected, what's up everyone? Um, for people who just join in and you don't know, we're gonna be joined by Francesco Sanapo. And uh, as soon as he joins in, I'm gonna play a little song, because that's what he does on his show. So if you're not familiar again with who's coming on board, you're in for a big treat. Um, Little shout out, this is not sponsored. I picked up these coffee beans because I was running out. So currently drinking a Mexican coffee, a natural process uh, from the guys from Greedlock. I don't know too much about them, but tastes good. So that's the important part. So yeah, Francesco is just an amazing individual. He pushed the boundaries um, and I rewatched his uh, routine from back in 2013. Um, I don't think competing is only his thing. I think it's just him pushing the levels of coffee uh, roasting. And uh, really, he, he started something in a country that is very stagnated, uh, like Italy, and trying to revolutionize the, the entire coffee market there. So props to him and other amazing specialty coffee roasters uh, in my back home for me. Uh, so, yeah. Do you have a coffee? That's the biggest question though. Um, nearly ready for mine. Soon we'll be joined by him. We're gonna talk. You're gonna be able to ask questions and we're gonna have a good time. So this week, you're in for a treat. Uh, coffee with Mirka is gonna be every single day. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and back on Monday. So very, very excited to have of you guys and you know get more and more guests on the show keeping you safe as usual i hope that you guys are safe and sound as you watch not sure which country you're from therefore i don't know your situation but i hope that you're good at home and 
we got coffee, which is great. Alright, we'll clean up later and we transfer onto the desk. And we'll wait for Mr. Mr. Sanapo. Milk Bar Mitchum, I see you there. Good to see you, my friend. Always good. Uh, if you don't know who's coming in today, you're gonna be really be stoked with the amount of knowledge, the amount of passion, the amount of charisma, and the personality of this uh, great coffee character, coffee person, personality, really. <laughs> uh, milk, Milk Bar Mitchum. Uh, so yeah, hold yourself off. Uh, we'll see if he's gonna come online. Um, if not, we'll we'll send him a quick message. Uh, he should be joining in very soon. In the meantime, I would highly, highly recommend to stick around. And if you like the show, share the show with uh, family and friends. Hey, Danny Andrade, Danny's gonna join us here on Thursday, so I'm happy to see him here, supporting supporting the. The show and probably wants to say hi to Francesco himself and um, so we'll see when he comes online I might flick him a quick message if I can maybe not before I break the internet um, we'll wait for him it's only 5.02 so he should be he should be joining us soon in the meantime, I'll say hi to a few of you. Hey, Sherafaf, Reza Deli, Ako, Ali, Pancake Pan, Santiago Marin, Mogli Dahab. Um, we'll, we'll have a look to send him a quick message. Uh, where is he? All right, Francesco Sanapo. You should be joining us soon. Um, hope hope you're well. Um, hold yourself up. Hello, Violet, Uma, Osconsold. All of you saying hi. Thank you all. Thanks for joining in. Thanks for your patience. Um, yes, the the show has been going well. We're getting a lot of feedback. Good feedback. We're getting more and more guests in from Australia, but also international, like today, all the way from Italy. Time zone is not a limit. We just need to work, work our way through around it. Um, so we are, we are always providing good quality coffee content. And here it is, the man himself, Francesco Sanapo, with his uh, dittartigianale. Waiting on him. Not sure what the Italian connection is. Hopefully it's good. In this period, we had some technical difficulties in the past. Broadcast, but... Hey! <laughs> Ciao. Before we start, I got something for you. Because you start your show in style, so I want to match that. Oh, hang on. You're frozen. You're... Oh, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, I got something for you. What? Here we go. Vieni a ballet in Puglia, my friend. <laughs> That's it. 
the best song ever. The best song ever. The best song ever. That's right. Um, how are you, Francesco? Good to see you. Good to meet you. Very, very good. So we are uh, we are here with the beautiful weather, sunny, very shining. But unfortunately, we are all in a lockdown uh, for this uh, for this crisis. But yeah, we are uh, we are healthy. That is the one of the most important things. And I really hope to to come back in the normality as soon as possible. Yes, of then? course. How are you in Australia? We're much, much luckier uh, compared to back home for me. Uh, I mean, I feel for you because my parents uh, back in Trentino, they're stuck at home as well. And uh, but like you said, uh, number one priority is health. So here we're good. We can't complain. It's uh, 2020. And if you got health and a little bit of money, a little bit of savings, you know, you're good. We got internet, we got plenty of things that we can pick up and uh, it's all positive for the ones who, who can say so. So 100%. I'm fantastic. I'm very, very honored and happy to talk to you. Um, it's, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Yeah. I've actually, I've actually heard your first name from someone that we now, I can call a mutual friend. I think you know her. Uh, Charlotte Malaval, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and she was like, oh, you're Italian. One of my best friends, this crazy guy from Italy. His name is Francesco Sanapo, na 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 And I was like, oh. So we obviously, yeah, from there, that was part of my yeah, coffee uh, journey when I worked with her. It's fun that she put crazy first. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if this is a good thing or bad thing. But uh, yeah, I, I think, think it's good in French. Life, we need to be a little bit crazy, just to, yes. uh, to accept yes. more the the life, you know. And, well, we yeah. live in a crazy world for sure. Um, where where, where so, do you live exactly in Australia? I'm based in Melbourne right now. Oh. But, um, obviously, Charlotte would come here to see the uh, office where I used to work back back in the day, working for. Um, well, well, I guess we can say it. Obviously, stay coffee roasters, and uh, um, I was actually yeah working there for a while, and uh, yeah, Melbourne based though, so uh, it was it was good experience. Um, but let's make it about you. And I know I'm sorry, but this is the question I ask everybody first. Uh, how did you start your coffee journey? I'm sure you've answered this before. <laughs> well, if we, if we talk about myself. I, I start with my family. So I used to go after after the school in the summertime. I used to go with my dad to to work and to be introduced to to work. You know, and uh, that is very is very common in Italy. So when we are young, in the past, I mean, I'm a little bit old, but when we were younger, we used to work in the summertime after the school and just to be educated to accept the, the, the work life, you know. And I used to go with my dad. I used to, to work with some in the hospitality, okay? Not really in the focus on coffee, but in general, like a waiter, like a dishwasher, like a, 
or this this kind of uh, student works. So this was my introduction into this uh, business. Then if you ask me when I start to realize that coffee is my my life and then my job, of course, uh, I start to realize many, many years after because uh, I, well, I made my first espresso when I was uh, 14 years old in a secret way because my dad doesn't want me to touch the espresso machine. <laughs> you know, that's when I try to, to, to jump next to the, the espresso machine, my dad always come and said, hey, you are not barista yet. May, every year, the same things. So I, I grew up, but every year the, the story never changed. It just, it just pushed on my mind. I still remember the voice. I still remember the tone how he said, but yeah, you are not barista yet. So that was very, that was the message, okay? So I, I, actually, I, I remember when I won the first, the first competition, 2010, I won yeah. the Barista Champion. I remember that my first call was to my dad. So and when he, when he answered, I said, hey, dad, now I'm the Italian Barista Champion. I can be considered myself Barista. <laughs> and uh, and then, well, he started to cry in that moment, but yes, that was the answer. So, and uh, my, I start to understand more about coffee when I start to study, okay? So when I go more into details, when I just start my, my studying program, and probably in that moment when I start to understand more about this product, I start to get in love because that is a, a completely different attitude. I don't do coffee for uh, for work. I do coffee because it's my it's my mission in life. You know, it's uh, I'm always say that uh, I want to consider myself more a coffee lover than coffee expert because I think uh, in uh, coffee you can never be expert. But of course, you can be lover, and when you love something, you do all the best. Actually, this philosophy, uh, this philosophy, it's uh, at, at the base of my company. Because, for example, when we are going to buy um, a coffee, a green coffee, I first of all I buy this coffee for for me, for drinking. Because I want to drink it, and that is a very simple things, you know. But describe exactly our philosophy. When you buy, when you go to the market and you buy the tomato for your home, you never buy defective tomato, right? You buy the good one, <laughs> and that is exactly what we do. You know, we go for. Uh, I go for uh, to travel in the region country, and when I found the best coffee, I always buy it because I consider it my coffee, you know, and so That's that was it. I think if I have to give a date when I start my, my journey in coffee, I have to give you two dates. The first day when I made one espresso, which was 14 years old, I was 14 years old, so that's mean I, I have 40 right now, was many years ago. 
But then uh, the, the real sign when I start my journey in coffee probably was when I start to study. That was when I was uh, 20 years old. And okay. that's mean 20 years ago. That's, well, that's, that tells, you know, you're a lover of coffee, but also there's a bit of experience there. Just, you know, a little bit of, you know, 20 years is still a solid number, but you're right. I think that's, it's beautiful because it's actually, you answer my second last question because the importance of living a life with purpose and love and passion for what you have. And uh, I bet that you would rather earn half of what you earn on the current business, but keep doing coffee than earning 10 times more and doing something that you don't enjoy really, because you get told that you should be uh, an architect or nothing wrong with architects or a doctor or, you know, and blessed doctors, of course, especially in this period. So I, yeah, I, I resonate very well with you. Um, and obviously traveling has enabled you to explore the boundaries of coffee because I, funny thing, I didn't drink coffee back home. I, I went on overdose kind of when I was two years old, I used to sneak out of my room. My parents would leave a leftover coffee in the mocha pot. And in between going from my room to their room, I would sip a whole bunch of coffee at nighttime and go in their room. So my palate developed a sense of, I don't like this. Um, so I started drinking coffee in Melbourne, which is a, a convenient city to start. Yeah. Uh, uh, for many ways. Um, so traveling enabled you, traveling and studying enabled you to come across a different way to do coffee, a different way to drink coffee compared to Italy, to the standard, to the usual way that we drink it. Is that how you come up with to the word specialty, I suppose, we can use. Sorry, I lost you for uh, when you made the question. All good. Um, now, I was going to ask you whether studying and traveling, the combination of the two has landed you to what we call specialty, or I suppose a different coffee than what normal Italian coffee look like. I think, uh, you know, when um, the idea of Detertigenale Cup came up on my, on my mind was after my trip to Australia. Well, I was, you know, I was studying the, this new movement, okay, this new wave. I, I, I'm always, I'm the lucky guy. I travel really a lot in my life and I'm always travel with the open eyes, okay, open eyes and open brain. I try to catch up all the things that I consider interesting. But I was really impressed when I, you know, that I traveled to Melbourne in 2013 because I did there my my competition. But after this trip, I came back in Italy, and the the first things. I want to realize in that period was a specialty cafe like I like, like I, I saw in Melbourne. Okay, so that was the, the idea and uh, that's what I built because your cafeteria in Melbourne are very different than uh, United States or, uh, or uh, UK, you know, North Europe. Because what you have in Melbourne is that you combine 
most of the time or the cafeteria I visited was a perfect combination of specialty coffee, third wave of coffee and food. Okay. So that's, uh, I never saw in United States, for example, in United States are the cafe are boring cafe, just coffee. I'm sorry, but yeah, it's a, it's a boring because for us, as Italian, that's exactly the formula, you know, that's exactly the concept we want to apply in our cafeteria, because in our, in, in Italy, the people, they don't go in the cafeteria just to have a coffee. They go in the cafeteria to have coffee and many other things, good pastry, good food, good snack, okay, that's is the idea, and that's for sure is the, um, was very good, was very inspirational trip the one I did in Melbourne because I came in back and said okay that's what I want to do and then I built it artigianale which is uh, the new wave okay let, we can call it third wave or how you prefer but it's a specialty cafe which is a different than every other cafe in Italy and uh, I think uh, we also build a cafe where the people can have a, a good salad, a good sandwich, and of course, because we are open until night, a good gin tonic, okay? <laughs> and, and we always say that Dita Tijanale is international coffee bar with Italian soul, okay? That's beautiful. If uh, this uh, answer on uh, your question. Absolutely, and I, I got a fun fact for you. Uh, we're going on a good on a pace here. Uh, I actually used to have in my office uh, the very machine that you used in 2013 at WBC Melbourne, the Nova Simonelli with the blue panels and the red, was sitting right in the office that I used to work at in uh, in Melbourne. So. When I rewatched your uh, your routine, which you did fantastic, uh, I smiled because I was like, "Yeah, I know that machine very well." Because I saw that machine many mornings for a long time. That exact machine is still alive, if you wondered. I can hook you up if you wanna buy it. I don't know, maybe for memory. <laughs> yeah, but, I, I remember that uh, at the end of the competition, all of us, uh, all the finalists, we sign. A machine. I would like to ask uh, Simonelli Group where this machine uh, comes the from. The blue one is still the blue one is still here. Uh, but with the sign, with our. Where did you sign it? The panels on the front. The front, I think. I don't remember. So the front was always covered because it was facing us as a barista against the wall, like a little showroom. So I can I can ask if you want. That's yeah, no problem. There is a. There is a, I think, uh, yeah, we, we signed somewhere. I don't remember, but you can ask, whatever. I, I can ask. Now I, I, I'm always looking for the future. I never look for Of the, course. For but the it, was a, it was nice to, to see back. that machine. Yeah. But send to me a picture, please. I will. Um, which brings me to, it's been a long journey since that competition. It's about uh, seven years ago from the very famous 60 Seconds Espresso um, where yeah, are you yeah, at you know seven years later? And I can resonate well because that's how I drink my double, and that's why I order a double actually because it's a little bit longer. But um, <laughs> I like, I enjoy yeah. that 
decrease of temperature, but that's always been one of my, one of my thing. Uh, but where are you at seven years later uh, in general? Because it's been a quite of a journey, I'm assuming. I think the espresso is still in a 60 seconds of his life. But that's... Um... Okay, so the idea of this uh, routine, okay, come in my brain just because I I was, uh, you know, very exhausted to see a barista performer, barista competitor, talking about just the, all the things that are important, of course, but just they care a lot about the extraction, about... Uh, uh, where the coffee come from, the raw material, the the temperature, etc., etc., which is in, tremendously important. Okay, but they just stop it after they say enjoy. So the barista use the barista competitor use. They don't care how will be the experience of your customer in front of you. So and that was the limit. Okay, in that moment I realized that. Uh, I have to consider this uh, part one the the most important topic of my routine, and then I start to study. Okay, so what I should do? I should talk about this, this, and this, or the experience of my customer when they drink their espresso. So I start to to go in many different coffee bars, not only in Italy, all over the world. Let's say with a time watcher and check how they drink the coffee. Okay. So and then, uh, of course, more in Italy, but not only in Italy, I realized that when they ordered an espresso, they used to drink it in three sips. Okay, I'm talking about the general, the medium line, okay? And, uh, and then I also checked the timing, okay? And I realized that the timing was around 60 seconds. So I start to understand that that was the topic, okay? To see how the coffee changed during this, uh, this own life. And then, well, we analyze uh, which coffee can answer better on this, on this protocol. And we decide which roast answer better with this protocol. So we decide everything behind the concept so we didn't i didn't choose my coffee first like many other baristas they choose first the coffee and then they build all the story yeah exactly so i did i did the opposite i start first with the concept and then i decide which coffee match better with this concept which roast profile match better with this concept, which kind of uh, recipe and instruction match better with this concept. So, and this was the, the journey that bring me a to, to choose a beautiful nekisse, natural nekisse. I think... is a champion okay so that was a, a big change for the WBC right now I missed I missed a little bit it was the first natural in the WBC did you say yeah okay so it was a I was 
one of the first barista who introduced uh, natural coffee. Not because it was uh, I know because all the people knows natural, but was very scared because natural coffee in the past was very risky to present to the WBC because all the natural process was made not very well, not uh, well done, okay? And uh, the flavors was a little bit dirty and not so clean, so risky to present a coffee like that in the, in the world competition. For that, any other barista, they didn't. But the reason why I introduced this coffee was because it was super clean. And it was natural. So, and um, that coffee was produced by, with the help of 90 plus. But I'm talking about 90 plus many years ago. That was, nobody knows in that moment. Right, right now, everyone I'm just, knows. I'm actually going to have Joseph on in a couple of weeks. Fantastic. So, I yeah. hope you remember that story. But in that epoch, so we were the first I were the first barista we used to bring a 90 plus coffee in the in the final, okay? And that was in Melbourne, 2015. So that's, this coffee was super clean, super interesting. And uh, I was proud to, in, to introduce to the WBC this coffee. It, yeah, it was definitely a very impressive routine. And I think that um, it's funny because there's a lot of fun facts, and that's why I really wanted you on. Uh, back in 2013, what, a good friend of mine had a coffee shop, and, and uh, he said, come to an event. A coffee roaster invited me, and it was Toby's estate. Uh, and at the time, I didn't know them back then. And uh, so I was actually there at the WBC in 2013, where my barista journey just started. And I had, I remember, uh, I think they made me a cappuccino, which was like, you know, uh, just a milky drink, just to drink it. And uh, yeah, and then years later, I started working for Toby's Estate too, which is really funny, like how the world, it's like a circle of life, you know, and, uh, and there you were competing, doing fantastic. And now I'm here with you. It's, it's surreal, but, but that's great. Um, sticking with the competition, then we can move forward to coffee and other things, because I think it's important for people when they re-listen to this or re-watch it. Um, what was your secret? What was your weapon uh, to push yourself towards? You know, you won Italian barista champion a couple of times. Also, the cup brewers, and also top six in the world is is such an amazing result. Like, what was always was the dad's voice that couldn't let you do an espresso <laughs> on the machine? <laughs> um, nice question, uh, but uh, I think uh, it's part of us you know we are very competitive i'm very competitive person and when i say competitive not competitive with you or uh, or the other barista i'm competitive with myself i want to push myself to do more because uh when i start this uh journey in competition okay so i consider myself a very good barista before start when i did my first competition I just get the last place. And then I say, okay, so probably I'm not the, the best barista as I consider myself before. So, and um, then I, I, I think uh, the idea of uh, competing, you know, every, every year was just because I want to I wanna grow up. 
I wanna um, I wanna prove myself. I wanna get out the best of from myself. Okay, and this I think it also because I'm angry. I wanna you know I will I wanna build my career in uh, in coffee, and uh, I just saw. It's not the only one way, but I saw the competition way one of the best to to promote myself and to build a coffee career into coffee. Okay, and probably that was the reason, one of the reason. Then uh, because I grew up, as I mentioned before, every competition permit me to study more because doing competition means uh, it's like going to university you know and at the end of university you have to discuss the thesis it's the same things in coffee so you have this 15 minutes to discuss your thesis okay and for me that is a is a way to grow up it's a way to learn more for sure of course that's and i think uh you you summed up well our nature of being competitive with ourselves uh, rather than competitive with, with others. The only time that we're competitive with others is when it's, you know, talk about soccer, uh, football. That's different. Uh, I know you go to the stadium uh, uh, when, we, when we could. Um, no, that's, that's great. And I think, um, and, you know, we're moving on to the next question, and I, this is a question that I'm very passionate yeah, about. I, I, I just want to add this something, uh, Nico, regarding my last competition, because I used to compete last year again. Yeah, in, uh, Cup, Cup, Cup Taster. Cup Taster, yeah. Cup yes. Yeah. So, and this was the only one, one decision where I decided to compete and not for uh, promoting myself uh, and to build a career because not because I'm I did uh, nothing but uh, because I don't need the right now to build a career because I have to build uh, my company that is the only one way only one reason but the the reason why I decide to compete is for my team to show to my team the approach to be hungry yeah to be hungry and then because when um, I, I still remember a night, uh, one night when they are training, uh, you know, for the competition, because this year we present the um, barista and latte art and brewers, okay, as a team of Dita's team. So, and also Coughing Spirit. So, and I, I came to visit them in our, labor, in our lab and they were depressed. They were frustrating. They were very upset, you know, very stressed. The stress was in the air. Okay, I went there and said, guys, what are you doing? Go, let's have fun. Let's enjoy this moment. And now, well, for you, it's easy to talk because you are not going to compete. And I said, okay, what? Okay, let's do that. I will compete with you. Yeah, well, you are, you are joking, you are joking, you are joking. In the same time, I, I send a message to CIA Italy and ask the permission to compete in Cup Tester. And they didn't believe me. So, but then I, I competed and I won, actually. But and you won. Not, this is not the reason why I, I, I decide to compete, but just for show to my young team that they, 
the approach on competition, you know, because we need to enjoy every second. And then, of course, uh, our time on stage is uh, our time. So we need to enjoy this more than everything. Sorry yeah, I, I, no, 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 you, you're so right. And look, I think, I think that's the right spirit. And uh, in terms of even showing your team, you know, I had a lovely chat with uh, Matthew Lowen last week, and he was saying how, you know, he tried each year until he won. And, uh, you know, that, that hunger driven by passion and driven by what's your why, why are you competing is, is essential. And, uh, you know, you compete last year to show them a uh, different way and spirit. And, you know, also as a good leader should. Like, you know, you've always been a good leader and uh, a, modern, a modern leader. I hate the word leader, by the way, but you know what I'm saying. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, it sounds, it sounds too corporate. Um, now, this is something I'm, I'm passionate about and I think you're passionate about too because I believe that coffee is all about the experience as much as every other, other element is, is important. Coffee is important, yet people from the farm to the cup makes this industry beautiful, in my opinion. Uh, how important do you think are the people? And the people means you, me, uh, I'm sure you have a Paola or some regular customer who comes and drink a, a weird drink or well, something. Paola is my wife, actually. Oh, there you go. I picked, I picked the right name. Um, and, and as well as the farmer and the owner of the farm and the roasters, like I think that people really brings this industry all together. And I think that's why people will make us, especially worldwide, get through the virus together. Yeah, it's a, it's a good way to think, uh, Mirko, absolutely. So, and we need the help from uh, right now, more than every time in, the, in, in our epoch, we need the help from uh, everybody. Except, for example, we are, you know, uh, right now we have all both cafe in lockdown, so we are not open. Right yesterday, they give us a, a kind of timeline to follow and to open again that is very strange and what we what we are receiving from our customer is an amazing support because they are our uh, web website our web store are every day you know receiving a lot of uh, orders from locals which is we used to work a lot with um, with our web but not for locals, it was for uh, all people all over the world. Because the locals, they just came and buy the coffee in our store. But then when we release the message to, you know, that they can buy a coffee in our web store and receive it. Uh, so the, all of them, okay, we didn't lose any percentage of people who buy, who, who used to buy beans in the cafe. They just replace it to our web store. And that is amazing. That is just a support from the people, okay? And the same things we need to do by us for the coffee origin country, okay? So we need to, to understand that that situation is not just an Italian situation or Australian or whatever. That situation is a, is a pandemia, is a pandemia. So we need to consider 
every kind of chain, every kind, every part of the chain. Okay. Yeah. So we need to talk with our producer. I spoke with all of them in the last period to understand how will be the next crop. So, which is our our uh, ideal order, you know, because if last year we ordered 20 bags, probably this year we are not going to order the same amount, okay? But probably we will order 10 bags, unfortunately, because we are really thinking to have a reduction of the business around 70%, okay? Which is a lot. So we are not... We are talking with a producer, with all our partners, to give them a, um, a provision, a prediction of what will be our order for the next crop coffee, you know? And that's it. I, I think we have to be more closer each other, you know? Probably we cannot hug, but we need to be closer with the heart and to understand every kind of position in this crisis. Yes. And because we are, sometimes we forget that we are in the people business and a lot of times, uh, you know, we go our eyes in the cup or in the jug or on the roaster, uh, but ultimately without the people, there is no business, you know, there is no, uh, there is no coffee really. So now you're right. I think especially the, when you mentioned to be closer with the heart, um, I think it's extremely important. And yes, the chain goes all the way to to farm, all the way to the person sipping uh, a 60-second espresso in, uh, in Firenze. Um, I will never say Florence. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I, I see that. And which, which brings a little bit the next question, which it's a little bit, how can I say... It's a little bit cheeky question, but I'm hoping that at least those old cafes that, you know, they were close to retirement and they, you know, they're doing okay. They don't have problems with money or health. I can also see this as a little positive advantage for, for, for you and other coffee shops uh, to, to grow and have different type of exposure eventually later on when restriction will ease down. Because the problem really is going to be the, the amount of restrictions on how much people they let you get in the shop because ultimately if they just reopen as normal uh, it should be good but if they're going to have restriction on how many people you can have in the shop then it can become difficult if the shop is not too big and it's smaller so considering that where, where do you see the coffee industry going in the next few years uh, especially in Italy I'd love to understand that because uh, when I move back home, I hope to have more better coffee shops around me. That's that's my that's my dream to have lots of lots of ditta artigianale or tostato. That is, my, yeah. that is my dream too, Mirko. But uh, it's very difficult to do a prediction right now because the the world will change a lot. Okay, so if we are considered the coffee industry, probably the coffee industry need to understand exactly how this uh, crisis will impact for the next few years because the the impact is very strong. Okay, so yeah. just uh, consider all 
tourism, okay? So we don't have a tourism for at least one year. In a city like Florence, in a city like Venice, in a city like uh, Rome, okay? That will be done, delete, completely delete. So if we consider the, the, coffee, the coffee, okay? We have to consider at least half of the coffee that we used to buy in the before years before so but that will impact uh, to the coffee pro, uh, producer to the exporter to the roaster to the cafeteria okay so it will be a very big impact i need to for the next future we need to study and to to react on this because if not that will be a big big uh, problem for all over all over the world of course, more in the region country because when they sell the coffee with the same price of cost production, of course, that will be not healthy, okay? That will be absolutely not, not healthy. Yeah. And uh, we, need to, we need to study a, a reaction for sure. But it's very difficult, Mirko, to tell you which kind of reaction because... I think we need to understand the day by day, and uh, yeah, of course we can do, we can plan some strategy, but uh, it's too risky because we don't really know how the world will change. Because, for example, you mentioned the limitation in the cafe. Okay, so I used to have forty employees before the virus. I cannot keep all of them, for sure. Because if they give us a limitation of a two square meet, two meter, okay. So that means that uh, in my cafe, in the first cafe, which is a uh, uh, sixty square meter cafe, okay, they just can come in three person, okay. So with three person, I will not pay one salary. How I can keep 40. Okay. So I think that we, I'm a little bit scared of this limitation because the, the technician or our politician, they are taking it very in the easy way without understanding how big is the problem that that will create to many small cafes. Yeah. Okay. Or small restaurant. Let's say small restaurant and small cafe. They probably are not allowed to open. But the important thing is that our government and our politician has to understand that this will create a big problem and they have to find a way. To find a way to manage this problem. Yeah. I okay. think the management yeah, I think the management also should be in a different way in the sense of there are other things that can be done. Um, you know. I know it sounds silly, but uh, small little gestures and small little things uh, can really could 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 have uh, you know a better impact economically for 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 your cafe. And I, and I feel for you, and especially for the position that you're in, which is which is not which is not easy. And that's why we're sharing it here as well. And thanks for sharing that, by the way. Yeah, another aspect that uh, it's very sad for me. It's the espresso on the counter you know this is a very 
it's a very traditional way in Italy to drink, uh, to drink a coffee. And uh, with this limitation, this will disappear. So I'm the person who promotes the, to drink coffee, sitting at the table and enjoy and, you know, relax. And I build my two cafeteria thinking of that. So my counter is very small. But in the same way, I understood how, how beautiful is as well the ritual of drinking coffee stand up in front of the counter. Just quickly, you know, just a, a quickly moment to enjoy the, the cup of espresso. And I, this is the way, honestly, how I used to drink my coffee. When I go to Dita, you know, the first things I do, I just order... The first, the second, the third coffee, because we have three grinders just to taste all of it. And, you know, I do it, stand up. I will never see. And that's with the, the limitation. We will lose it, but it's a kind of a cultural aspect that we will lose, you know? And that is a little bit sad. It's a little bit and sad. Hopefully, and hopefully things will get better because that it's such an important component to that's that was born and raised in italy a standing room espresso you know there's a famous coffee shop here in melbourne that they don't have any seats and it's famous because it's written on the tiles uh, standing room only um, and even there you know you you stand on the bench or by the window and i love it i'm the same i go there and i have it I'm right next to the coffee machine. I can talk to the barista. I look at them moving. If I'm by myself, it's perfect. But I'm with two people. And, uh, and that's exactly how I imagine how I dream an espresso bar anywhere in the world, you know, um, because it is a bar. But the bar is the bar. Uh, you know, that's, that's what makes a bar. <laughs> so if you can put espresso on the bar, you got an espresso, but it's not a bar anymore. It's just an espresso in the air. Um, so you're right. Uh, hopefully that, uh, hopefully they think they're just trying to think ahead in prediction of winter because they still don't know how winter is going to plan out. Maybe they're scared on, okay, this is how it is now. Winter, how bad is going to be? Because people with normal influenza that might be treated differently, what's going to look like? So they hope maybe, I'm hoping that by spring next year, um, well, earlier, but hopefully the winter is going to have a good response. And uh, look, I'm not a prime minister, so I'm not here to try to, <laughs> to come up with solutions for sure. Um, look, I know you're a busy man, and, and, and I don't want to hold you too long. You probably need to do lots of things. Um, what do you want to leave us with? Uh, usually my last question is, what's next on Francesco Planet? Um, but you can tell us closer as you wish, man. Like, uh, obviously, you guys are still doing coffee worldwide. Uh, you, you're shipping. Tell us anything that you want uh, so people are going to rewatch yeah. this or release well, this. Mirko, I'm, before the COVID, I was working in uh, many projects, okay? So, and uh, I really hope to keep again this and uh, continue our uh, story. 
one of the one of the project is um uh let's say the uh, i'm doing a coffee movie okay a coffee web series cool so, yeah so i want to keep and continue this because i want to show another face of coffee okay not to talk with the uh, professional people but my idea and our project is to talk with a normal consumer and to show to them how beautiful is uh, this coffee i hope uh, to go back to the origin country to you know to record the the other part of the movie and to spread out this as soon as possible that was a, a project that keep in my heart and then, and and I want to continue it okay so let's hope uh, to to continue it in the next future then uh, i i'm also the founder founder of uh, barista and farmer which is a kind of um, talent show with a for the barista. So I used to bring 10 barista all over the world and bring them to the farm to live the true life of coffee producer, okay? With all the camera behind. And that was a beautiful project and I hope to give again the opportunity to many barista to understand the reality in the origin country. So then I'm full, so this is a, it's a big question, Mirko, because I have a lot oh, of no. projects. But just the other one I want to mention it is that uh, I'm building a cafe with the school in the middle of Florence. So that will be our third cafe, okay? So our, ther our third cafe is under construction right now and is in a beautiful building, which is a whole church in the middle of Florence. Yes, you you really oh. can imagine how beautiful it will be, and in this uh, in this building we are you know construct the cafe, and beside the coffee school for all the people from all over the world they want to come to study uh, a specific uh, professional in uh, in coffee a specific skill. So you, they can come and study just regarding roasting and be a roaster or uh, just starting taster and be a taster, you know, or barista or a green coffee buyer. So we try to give to the young generation a focus on a specific topic into the coffee chain. That is our... Like a, like a academia. Yeah. That's I guess. Yeah. We will call it the Scuola del Caffè. Beautiful. I, look, you speak my language. I think that you're such a great communicator as well. You can really see and grasp your passion and love, and you live for, with, and through coffee. So uh, thank you for sharing that. And I, I really can see, even in your, in your projects for the future, a movie, a uh, school, it's all about coffee. And, um, you know, on behalf of the coffee community, we thank you. You know, people like you... Uh, really make us love more and uh, give us more boost to be in this industry, no matter if you're a barista, roaster, cafe owner, or someone doing social media or, or movies, it doesn't matter. And we go back to the people. So you're one of those people who influence and are making this third and fourth wave uh, of coffee life possible. So thank you, Francesco. No, thank you for the opportunity. Huh? Really. Not even, not even mention it. Um, so, yeah, thank you. I, I look forward to visit you well, 
please. Not, not, not very soon, but uh, as soon as possible in, uh, in Florence. On my last trip, I could only go to, to visit Alberto at Tostato, uh, and I had one of your coffees there, uh, so that was nice a few years back. But um, thank you for coming on, and uh, good luck thank with everything, so really. Thank you, thank you. big hug to you. Thank you. Sending you all the love and be safe and stay safe. Ciao, bello. Ciao. Ciao, ciao. Uh, there you have it, guys. Um, it was a, an amazing, amazing chat. Thanks, Danny, for saying it was a great chat. Uh, Mohammed, you can rewatch this. Um, we're going to post it on YouTube as soon as possible, but you can rewatch it as soon as I post it on the story. Hi, Nicola Naso. Ciao, bello. Um, yeah, it was, um, it was good. I, I've always looked up Francesco as a, for me, is a special place in my heart because um, I'm Italian myself. So to see someone with such a crazy idea to bring specialty in, um, in a country where we are so stubborn with our uh, culture of coffee is very, very powerful, very inspiring. Uh, so to out all of you guys who live in countries where coffee is not, you know, there's a strict structure to it, uh, this could have been a good live to watch. Um, if you can, please feel free to uh, go and uh, check Dit Artigianale. I'm going to post a story later uh, with the links for Ditta as well as Francesco. I'm sure they ship coffee worldwide. And uh, if you want to show him some love, please. Uh, he's definitely, it's very insightful chat. So uh, thank you. The live will cut off shortly because it's 60 minutes limit. Uh, I wish you all a good night, a good day, a good afternoon. I uh, hope to see you tomorrow. Tomorrow we are actually another Italian guest, uh, Rubens Gardelli. Um, you know, he knows, he knows Francesco, they know each other. Uh, so we're going to have a different conversation with him, but we'll definitely keep it going with the show. Uh, we just posted the next guests uh, for the full week. So until tomorrow, 5 p.m., Australian Eastern Standard Time, I'll send you much love. Stay safe. Keep drinking coffee. And uh, let's keep supporting each other in this beautiful industry. So take care.